What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Passing Down Podcast. I'm your host, Rahul, and I'm here with my co-host, PD. PD, say what's up. What's up? And we're back today with another QB Room episode. But before I get into that, uh, just another quick, I guess, shout-out to us. Uh, If you guys enjoyed this episode or any of the previous episodes, just whatever platform you're on, go ahead, like, subscribe, follow, do what you got to do to support us. We'd appreciate it a lot. And if you enjoy just hearing us talk or our takes in general, check out our Twitters. Uh, my boy PDs is PD34 underscore. I'm at Real Rahul Potty too. Check us out. Check us out if you haven't already. And with that being said, we'll get into another uh, episode of our QB room stuff. T- today is going to be one of the juicier ones, as has been the last few, because we're getting into kind of that elite status of QB rooms, you could say. And I think this one is even better than where we're dropping it because, as we'll talk about in the episode, it has kind of, this QB room has gone down a little bit due to injuries and stuff. But in terms of level of play, they're obviously very high. Uh, so with that being said, Petey, you want to get into the Eagles and Jalen Hurts game? Yeah, so let's get into it a little bit. So um, from this point on, we're almost exclusively looking at guys who were Pro Bowl-level guys last year and we project will be Pro Bowl-level guys this year. So um, that can be a definition of elite, I guess you could say. Um, And, yeah, that's kind of what we'll be looking at. So Jalen Hurts, um, where to start? Uh, Incredible breakout season. I I don't even think me, as one of his biggest fans, um, would have said this was coming. Um, He took a massive leap with the addition of A.J. Brown um, and the development of the offensive line with Nick Sirianni. Um, that created a great situation for him to really step up his game. Um, in terms of his strengths, um, his biggest strength is his strength, um, in my opinion. Um, he really uses his his power in the run game, um, incredible muscle mass. He's absolutely rocked up. Um and he uses that um, as a source of power in the run game on QB sneaks, uh, on uh, design rollouts, things like that, quarterback draws, um, breaks a ton of tackles, generates a ton of first downs. Um, and that is his biggest strength, in my opinion. Um, he also took a giant leap in accuracy, becoming one of the more accurate quarterbacks in the league um, and improved his footwork pretty greatly. Although I do think that he does drop too deep in the pocket um, and he could quicken his footwork um, get a little bit, get lined up a little bit quicker um, to throw where he would need to, uh, because his timing is one of his weaker areas. Um, and then another huge thing that developed in his game um, is his, his aggression down the field. He takes a ton of chances, um, especially with one v ones with AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. Um, he gives them a ton of chances to make plays, um, and his touch and accuracy on, on these deep balls is pretty splendid one of the very best deep ball throwers in the league last year. Um, So that combination of aggression and patience, he's also one of the best in the league at avoiding turnover he plays as a thrower, Um, kind of has a little bit of a fumbling problem, as we'll get to in uh, one of the bigger moments in in the season. Um, He does have a little bit of a fumbling problem, but um, doesn't really put the ball in harm's way in terms of interceptions. One of the very best in the league at that. Um, So this balance of aggression and patience combined with his really strong touch, um, decent arm strength, um, and his complementary run game stuff with his power, acceleration, balance, um, all those are great traits. Um, and he still does have to work on his timing and kind of throwing in the middle of the field. Um, I would like to see him do that. 
um, as well as taking some sacks. So uh, Philadelphia has a really, really strong offensive line, um, and he's still kind of near the top of the league in terms of sacks taken. So I, I would like to see him improve that. But I think some of that is a function of play style and him going deep a ton. Um, he kind of needs to be dropping back deep to be able to see over the line with his height. And um, yeah, so you can see the stem of, of weaknesses of his game is kind of his size and, and stuff like that. Um, and of course, the injuries with the amount of contact that he takes as a rusher. Um, but all of this is overweighed greatly by his um, strengths that I mentioned um, with pushing the ball down the field and countering it with the run game. It's it's really great um, how he's developed. And like I said, even me as one of his biggest supporters wouldn't have seen this coming. Yeah, I, a lot of what you said there I agree with. And I think the first and foremost thing I want to talk about is the jump he had last year because I think up until – Last season, I still saw Jalen Hurts kind of as that guy that we saw in like Alabama and then kind of had that jump in Oklahoma. But ultimately, I was a little unsure about him because of, I guess, where he started. But this is the kind of guy who improved so much year in and year out. I mean, if you look at the way he played his rookie year when he was kind of coming in for Wentz towards the end, he simply did just look kind of like that backup spot quarterback kind of guy, someone who I honestly wasn't sure had a future in the league. And then last year, and he came in and was an absolute elite quarterback. I don't think on a game per game basis, I don't think anyone can take him away from that. Obviously having a magical season with the Eagles, taking them to the Super Bowl. It was an incredible year for him. And like PD mentioned, he was super high on Hertz coming into the year. I did expect a little jump, but I absolutely, he blew all my expectations out of the water completely. I was not uh, expecting this whatsoever. And he improved his game in so many ways. Uh, First and foremost, I got to talk about his accuracy. I thought that was a big kind of weak point in his game in previous years. And relative to the rest of his game, it may still be somewhat of a weak point, uh, relative to him but compared to the rest of the league he improved his accuracy and I guess anticipation and just touch on passes so much to an extent I haven't seen from much many quarterbacks in this league so I was very impressed by that uh one thing that's always gonna be like very a huge part of his game and makes him even more dynamic than a lot of other guys with his level of passing is his rushing ability. And I know that does come with his downsides. Like PD mentioned, it, it, it does kind of add to his fumbling issue as well as most importantly, the injury concern uh, last year, even though it didn't really end up affecting the Eagles season as a whole uh, because of how good he was the rest of the year. Missing three games is definitely a significant amount of time and something that you probably don't want out of uh, a guy of Hertz caliber. But regardless, that rushing ability and to me, more importantly, the ability to put the ball in the end zone with his rushing, I think one of his most underrated parts of the game uh, of his game especially because of how good the o-line is is just like how dominant that qb sneak was and how easily he was able to just get in the end zone rushing the ball whether it was you know outside beating guys with his speed or him just using his super strong legs he's by far the quarterback that squats the most out of anybody in the league and you really see that power and explosion in those sort of runs uh, I do think, uh, along with Petey, that uh, that at level of athleticism does kind of screw him over in the pocket a little bit. 
I feel like sometimes he does try to do too much, and that's why you have all those sacks despite a really good offensive line. I think pretty undoubtedly the best last year, and unless a lot of injuries happen, there's a good chance they'll be the best next uh, next year as well. So that's definitely a little bit of a flaw in his game, uh, as well as some accuracy issues. But overall, he completely blew all my expectations out of the water, jumped from like probably a middle tier average quarterback to somebody who was undoubtedly top five last year. If he didn't get hurt, maybe even competed for that MVP or, you know, if a couple of those pad games didn't happen. And one thing I want to applaud him on that changed from last year or last couple of years to this year as well is his ability to throw or him throwing picks that definitely went down a lot or just intercepting worthy throws in general. He cut that down a lot. And I think with someone like him who's as dynamic as him, makes as many explosive plays as him, if he continues to limit the mistakes to this extent, that's going to be huge for his game. Uh, but with that being said, we can jump right into his season. Yeah, quickly touching on um, the part that you ended off there um, with the turnover-worthy plays. Turnover-worthy plays are pretty sticky from year to year. Um, it's rare to see a guy just completely... So um, for, for PFF, um, he had 23 turnover-worthy plays in 2021 compared to 12 in 2022, and that's with a number of more games. Um, and he cut his rate by more than half and that's really sticky from year to year um normally when a player like aj of aj brown's caliber is added to an offense you might see something like um explosive plays be driven up quite a lot but for the turnover really plays to to come down this drastically i think it is um a sign that his development is pretty real i wouldn't expect him to expect him to fall off next year a la uh former eagles quarterback carson wentz or something of that (laughs) nature yeah uh Exactly. Uh, that that definitely adds to what I was trying to say. And I know I said it a bunch of times, but it just goes to show how much of a leap we see from him year in, year out. I don't know how much room he has to improve next year, but he's definitely the type of guy who would break through whatever ceiling he has uh, if he can. All right. So let's get into his week one performance uh, in 2022 in Detroit. Um, and this one, I thought he played well. Um, had a couple of really nice throws. One specifically uh, deep down the right sideline, drops it in the bucket for A.J. Brown. Also has a number of good runs in this game. Uh, completion percentage lying a little bit because he was throwing the ball away a lot and he had a number of passes batted down. Um, so I thought his accuracy was better than the completion percentage said, but um, the rhythm of the offense wasn't quite as good as it would end up being um, later on at, at points of the year. So um, a, a solid first start for for Hertz here. Um, I think we discussed this game during our week one review, but um, yeah, this is not the high point uh, of the Eagles, even though Hertz played well in this one. Yeah, I was going to say compared to like the average NFL quarterback, Jalen Hurts absolutely played well, but compared to his own season alone, he had so many incredible games that to me, this was probably like average Jalen Hurts game, but still uh, a good, very good performance as a quarterback in general. Uh, and I think part of that just had to do with him getting used to playing in this very new offense, a lot of moving pieces, specifically A.J. Brown, obviously, who, to be fair, he did kind of get going with right away, absolutely, with that deep pass. I think it was like 55 yards down the sideline with a DB all over that. He drops it right in, and that's a sign of future things to go, come because 
the Eagles did a great job in this season of just torching teams downfield. Uh, and he did that in this game very, very well. He attacked deep with A.J. Brown, but also was able to really work the intermediate game with passes to like Dallas Goddard or cer- certain checkdowns and whatnot. One thing that I do wish he did more was get it to Devontae Smith, and he definitely, definitely does that as we go on to, into the season. So not something major for major concern. Uh, as we talked about before the season, he's very, very impactful in the run game, and he did a great job of doing that uh, in this one. He was probably just as impactful as their starting running back in this one, Miles Sanders, and that's always a great sign <laughs> when you're a quarterback. Uh, I also agree his accuracy numbers lie a little bit here. He did have a lot of batted down passes. I think the throwaways kind of still fall on him because a lot of it was because he was bailing on the pocket early or just getting himself into trouble with pass rushes, which he really shouldn't be doing as we discussed earlier. So some of that was still on him, but I do think he was relatively accurate in this one, which the numbers don't reflect. Uh, I just think one thing he could have done better is be more aggressive in general Uh, I think he didn't really spread the ball out to anybody other than AJ Brown he was just trying to maybe feed the ball to him or get it to him a lot because obviously he's the new guy in this offense and a very very big piece maybe it was even a play calling thing you know getting him the ball so much but I think that's definitely something he fixes overall, but kind of my only takeaway from him in this one because he didn't really make any mistakes in terms of throwing the ball into harm's way or fumbling. All right, moving on to the next one. So um, the Eagles destroyed the Vikings, um, and Hertz was fantastic in this one, pushing the ball down the field into the intermediate area repeatedly time and time again. Um, the Vikings' defense was playing really soft, and they were getting absolutely destroyed. Um Ritz does have a fumble in the run game, but I thought he did more than enough to make up for that um, with a number of broken tackles, a couple of fantastic touchdown runs. Um, yeah, just just a great performance. Um, had his foot all the way on the gas pedal consistently in this one. Um, just a dominant showing for the Eagles overall, and Hertz was really, really good. Yeah, the only thing I would say that I disagree with you is I don't think they necessarily had their foot on, on the gas pedal the entire game in this one. And that's kind of a theme with the Eagles, you'll see, because they wrapped so many games up within the first half or first three quarters that they didn't have to. Uh, That isn't really something I'm taking away from Hurts in this, because obviously when you're up big, there's no reason to, you know, keep attacking. But that's just something I would say he didn't really do in this one. But aside from that, we talked a couple episodes ago and how Kirk Cousins really, really sold this game, and the Eagles absolutely dominated. Well, a big reason why was because how good Hurts was in this one. He was incredibly accurate in this one. I think this was the first game he really showed his newfound elite-level accuracy to the extent we know of him now because of the rest of the season. This was kind of the first showing of that, and it was really, really incredible. He did a great job of destroying this Vikings defense downfield, going deep to even like Quez Watkins uh, and he spread the ball out to all of his weapons, whether it was AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, Watkins, like I said, everyone really got the ball and he did a great job of that. Uh, He was 
once again, very impactful in the run game, scored two touchdowns that way. And the Vikings really just didn't have an answer for that aspect of the Eagles offense because obviously their ability to just run up the middle is so good with how good that offensive line is. So when you have Jalen Hurts just pull the ball out and just kill them on the edge repeatedly, the Vikings just had no solution for that. Uh, I guess he did have a couple of mistakes. I thought that interception was his fault. I wasn't sure how you felt about that one, as well as a fumble that could have, you know, ruined thing, ruined things for them. I think they did end up picking up that fumble, but still a mistake on Hertz's part, as well as those three sacks he got on. I think honestly, the Vikings weren't getting a whole lot of pressure. He was really just running into sacks or kind of causing them himself. So there's a couple mistakes here and there bring it from like a perfect game to just like really, really good for me. But he made so many splash plays, both passing the ball and running the ball, that I, I still have to give him a very good performance. Yep. And moving on to the next one against Washington. So um, I didn't think this one was as good as the box score, but I thought it was still a pretty solid game. Um, Hertz was put through the gas pedal in this one. I don't even want to say on the gas pedal. Um, he does have a turnover-worthy play in this one where he's not punished for it, but um, he was just relentlessly aggressive, aggressively pushing the ball down the field to both A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, and they continued to reward him with incredible contested catches. Some of them where Hurts wasn't really making a great positive play on his own, um, and some of them where he was just dropping it in the bucket. Um, so a mixture of that, and the Eagles' offense just roared to a huge scoring performance uh, because Hurts' aggression was continually rewarded in this one. So... Um, yeah, I thought his mindset was good in this one, but in terms of like impact on a per play basis, it wasn't um, great. It was just solid for me. Yeah, this was another one of those games where the Eagles just took over the game in the first half and you kind of ignore what happens the rest of the game because they were so good in that, well, really just one quarter that it didn't matter how it was the rest of the game. But I will say hurts to me. Uh, his accuracy was a little bit worse in those other quarters because they simply weren't able to get much going because of a couple of missed throws here and there. He was still relatively accurate, I would say. But I think the main reason was they did kind of take their foot off the gas pedal, ran the ball a little bit more to chew clock. But a couple of missed throws here and there was why they weren't so consistent on offense. But I can't blame them too much for how that played out because of how dominant that quarter was. And to get into that, yeah, Hertz was absolutely lights out in that second quarter. Did pretty much everything he could do to destroy this commander's defense, uh, except for maybe rushing the ball. He wasn't really necess- necessary in that aspect of the game in this one, so they didn't really have him do that. But as far as passing, he did everything he wanted to to this commander's defense. He went deep. He went short. He went intermediate. I think almost all of his main receivers or tight ends got at least one deep pass in this game because of how dominant he was. And like I was saying a couple weeks ago, he hadn't really got Devontae Smith going, and I think he did a fantastic job of doing that. I think Hertz obviously has two number one level receivers on this one. And to be able to just utilize both their skill sets is super impressive and just really, really good for the team moving forward, as we'll see in future games. So I, I was very, very happy he was he got to that. And just overall, just 
pretty much lights out passing in that one quarter. Aside from that, didn't do too much. But I'll still give this a very good game because he didn't make really any mistakes. Uh, I guess the sack problem was still there, but we kind of know what to expect out of that. And since we're not going to talk about Carson Wentz, I do want to mention that he took nine sacks in this one, which was insane. Uh, but other than that, very good game from Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it's an Eagles QB room episode after all. Um, True. Moving on to the next one against Jacksonville. So bizarre weather game in this one, as we'll talk about um, in a future episode for the, a quarterback on the other side. But um, yeah, Hurts was okay in this one. Uh, started off pretty slow with a with a bad interception. Um, one of his worst turnover-worthy plays of the year, I think. Um, and he did... Uh, take two sacks, which I thought were his fault. But um, after that point, he was very, very consistent, I thought. Um, and the Eagles offense stormed back to complete the comeback, mostly behind Jalen Hurts. Um, and his consistency attacking the middle or the intermediate area of the field, I thought, um, as well as a, a couple of occasional little quote-unquote deep shots. Um, can't really have too many deep shots with the, with the weather like this, but um, they were able to generate some explosive plays. Um, and besides that, I thought they were very good attacking in the short area of the field as well. So uh, a complete game after that bad turnover they play, um, and I thought he ended up with a solid game in this one. Yeah, I, I honestly, I feel like that pick was a little bit of a blessing in disguise because obviously pretty bad play from him from a guy who honestly didn't throw too many picks uh, this season. That pick six was probably pretty high on my list of some of the worst plays he's had this year uh that was definitely a rough way to start but I feel like like I said it was a bit of a blessing in disguise because we talked about the past like pretty much every other week uh the Eagles would kind of just take over early in the game and then they had no reason to put their foot on the gas and then Hertz was kind of had like mediocre second halves as a result and you can't really blame it because I mean, that's just kind of what NFL offenses do. They're just trying to get out of the game. But at the same time, you want to see if Jalen Hurts can have a, I guess you could say, a complete game. And he absolutely shows it in this one because he comes out, has that poor play, but rebounds pretty well, has after that a relatively accurate game, does a good job of spreading the ball out to a lot of his weapons. And like PD mentioned, because of the weather, he wasn't really able to go deep. And as we talked about, that's kind of one of Jalen Hurts' best aspects of his game. So I was very interested to see how he would respond in a situation where he can't do that. And obviously, that's not a situation that comes up often. But when you want to get to the really, really elite tier, you need to be able to adapt to anything. And Hertz was absolutely able to do that when he wasn't able to go deep. He did a great job of killing the uh, Jaguars defense over the middle of the field, getting rid of the ball quickly. Uh, he knew he has a lot of weapons and he was just getting it to them, letting them do what they can do in space, breaking tackles. But I will say he wasn't asked to do a whole lot in this game. This was a very run heavy game because of the weather, obviously. So in the short amount of time he did have, he was solid the rest of the game. But to me, that pick and another fumble later in the game makes this about an average game because he really wasn't asked to do a whole lot and he had two pretty costly mistakes. So I, I, I won't be able to give him too high of a rating. All right, moving on to the next one. So um, this one, box score lying a little bit because I didn't think he was very good protecting the football. Has multiple turnover that he plays in this one. 
Um, he does make up for it with a really nice explosive play down the left sideline later on in the game out of the pocket. Um, but uh, I just thought that um, his consistency um, pushing the ball down the field wasn't really there. They were keeping the ball close to the line of scrimmage very much for this game, and it didn't really allow him to make up for the turnover plays that he had in this one. Um, still impactful a little bit as a rusher, picking up first downs and touchdowns, but um, yeah, I didn't think this one was the greatest game. I thought it was just okay. Yeah, uh, I I was a little bit more lenient on him in this game because, well, I guess not lenient. I was more high on this game because I only saw him having one interception-worthy throw, in my opinion, which I thought he more than made up for in the rest of the game because he was once again very accurate in this one. Uh, he was, uh, after a couple of games of not being so impactful in the run game, I thought he was very impactful once again. Got two touchdowns uh, in the run game as well. Uh, kind of going back to what I was talking about earlier. I think both of them, or at least one of them, was through that QB sneak that was so dominant and him just utilizing his explosion and just insane leg strength and that uh, was very impressive. And once again, did a great job of spreading the ball to all of his weapons. Uh, one definite concern with the Eagles coming into the season is how they're going to use all these guys. And when you have someone like Jalen Hurts, who's feeding everybody uh, and kind of making it very unpredictable as a defense to see how you're going to stop him, uh, it, it makes it really tough. And he did a great job of that on this one. He once again wasn't ultra aggressive in this, didn't really go downfield and in this being in Arizona, the weather obviously was an issue. So that's definitely something I would have liked to see uh, in this against a pretty bad uh, Cardinals team. But it was a relatively clean game to me. And for that, I would give him a good performance. Nothing that blew me out of the water in terms of incredible plays aside from that one explosive play down the sideline. But not, in my opinion, not really many mistakes he did a pretty good job in this one, again, of not really taking too many sacks because I do think the Cardinals brought a lot of pressure. So overall, good performance for me. All right, moving on to the next one. So this was a really hyped game um, going into it on Sunday Night Football with Cooper Rush on the other side. But um, I thought Hurts played a pretty solid game, um, more impactful as a rusher than the stats would show because a lot of his carries went for first downs in this one. Um I thought he was kind of okay as a passer. They didn't really ask him to do much, um, kept the ball really close to the line of scrimmage, and he wasn't really generating too many explosive plays. AJ Brown gets injured in this one, so um, that was a little bit of a – that was kind of difficult to overcome for the Eagles passing offense. Uh, thrusting Devontae Smith as one, and more importantly, Quez Watkins as like the two is, is really rough. Um, so that was a little bit tricky for them to navigate, but I still thought Hurts did enough. Um, very clean game, didn't put the ball in harm's way. Um, and made enough ground as a rusher with the uh, converting first downs and such um, for me to think this was a pretty solid game. Yeah, I guess I was a little bit lower on this game for me because, like you said, this was a hyped game, and because of the whole Cooper Rush situation, didn't end up being as hype as normal. Uh, but I feel like he did a little bit less than I would have wanted to in this game. Maybe it is because I have a little bit higher expectations for Jalen Hurts with the caliber of quarterback he is. But I don't. I feel like he just kind of held back and was a bit too conservative for my liking. And sure, maybe it was because uh, A.J. Brown goes out 
And like you said, Devontae Smith is fine being a one, but when you have guys like Quez Watkins uh, as your uh, receiver two, and even after that, the depth isn't great for them. Sure, he didn't have as many options, but I do feel like he played a bit too conservative in this. Uh, I think that yeah, the Cowboys uh, DBs were pretty solid did a good job of kind of sticking to the Eagles receivers so Jalen Hurts didn't have as much space or room to work with what she normally would maybe similar to what most other quarterbacks have to work with because obviously this receiving unit is incredible so I felt like when faced with that situation I wanted a little bit more out of Hurts he had kind of a simple clean game where they ran the ball up a lot but I feel like they took the ball out of his hands because he wasn't really being aggressive. He wasn't attacking downfield. He wasn't really testing those tight windows when he could have. Uh, he was kind of just keeping it short and simple. And for that, I'll give him an average game because uh, he did also have four sacks against, I would say, it was a decent amount of pressure from that Cowboys team, but at the same time, not enough for me for him to warrant four sacks. He also had a fumble in the run game, I believe, which I wasn't too happy with, especially because he wasn't really impactful in the run game in this one. They didn't have him do too much. And when he did, it was on really short scrambles here and there or just designed runs that didn't go too well. Overall, I think he didn't have enough plays to be super impactful in this. Uh, but it wasn't like he was bad because there weren't too many mistakes aside from, I guess, the fumble. So this was a moderate average game for me. All right, moving on to the next one. So coming off the bye week uh, against Pittsburgh, and Jalen Hurts absolutely balls out in this one. Um, he is firing deep balls to A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown is making plays. Um, Hurts is dropping some of these passes in the bucket. Um, it was incredible to watch. Um, an absolutely dominant showing by the Eagles offense. Um, and this is kind of what I was talking about earlier um, with the Washington game, except Hertz was playing at like even a higher level than he was in that game um, because he was self-generating some of these explosive plays. Um, Hertz keeping his foot on the gas pedal is definitely the way for the Eagles to go. Um, they have playmakers who can win on the outside, and even when they don't, they can just moss dudes uh, like A.J. Brown did on the first touchdown that he had, uh, just going up over multiple defenders making a fantastic play. So stuff like that. Um, I, and that's kind of why I think the Eagles really need to lean into the, the deep passing game as the bread and butter of their offense. Um, Hertz does take three sacks in this one, but aside from that, I thought his game was extremely good. Um, and the explosive plays and positives that he was generating in this one was, was truly incredible. Yeah. I don't think there's really any other way to put it. Hertz was absolutely lights out in this one. And one thing I'm glad he was able to recognize in this game, which a lot of quarterbacks a lot of the time don't do for some reason, and I'm really glad he did, is Hertz is obviously great at spreading the ball out, as we saw from plenty of other games, and good at making the offense unpredictable in that way, making him very not one-dimensional, uh, I guess a versatile quarterback in general. But sometimes when you have a guy like A.J. Brown who comes out against a defense like this, who really doesn't have a corner who can match up, match up on him and is simply going to be like, I'm going to dominate you guys, Hurts being able to recognize that and just kill the Steelers defense time in, time out by exploiting that A.J. Brown matchup, I thought that it's easier said than done, and it's very impressive that he was able to do that as consistently as he was this game because – 
A.J. Brown simply torched this defense. There's really no other way to put it. And Hurts delivered the ball in the breadbasket, time in, time out, and very, very deep, too. Her, A.J. Brown didn't even catch the ball that many times, but every time he did, it was just a deep shot, one after another. And when Hertz wasn't going there, he was still working the middle of the field, still working the intermediate range, even whether it was on the sidelines or down the middle to guys like Goddard, Smitty a little bit, even Zach Pascal caught a couple shots or two. This was just one of those games where everything the Eagles wanted to do game plan wise just went exactly how they wanted. Hertz had plenty of time in the pocket for the most part. He was able to just look where to go, pick apart this defense. It seemed like A.J. Brown was open all day, and Hertz really didn't even need to run the ball because all he had to do was drop back and just throw it to a wide-open A.J. Brown almost all day, except for that first play where he just places it right on the money in the perfect spot, and A.J. Brown just goes up and snags it. And I talked a lot about how in previous weeks uh, the Eagles would kind of take their foot off the gas and maybe not have as much happen in the second half. And they did kind of end up doing it in the fourth quarter, but I'm not going to blame them obviously because they were up so big. But one thing I was really happy with in this game is Hertz didn't take the foot off the gas pedal to the extent he did in other games because he was still torching the Steelers defense in the second half. He was just putting his foot on their necks and just absolutely killing them. A uh, very, very high-level performance from him. Really no mistakes I can take away from this one. All right, moving on to the next one. So another primetime game. Um, so a little bit of a tough watch in terms of competition, but um, Hertz was pretty solid in this one. He does have um, a couple of turnover plays, in my opinion, one fumble and one interceptable pass. Wasn't really punished for, but he was absolutely dominant in the intermediate area of the field. Um, just continually hit um, Goddard and A.J. Brown for chunk after chunk after chunk and I thought that was well uh, well enough to make up for those mistakes that he made that didn't show up in the box score even um and yeah I thought this was a very very good performance from him overall um where he just dissected this very bad Texas defense yeah we talked about this game with like uh actually we may not have talked about this game because I, I'm not particularly sure, but this was one of those games where we've said time in, time out, the Eagles were pretty dominant in terms of talent, and this Texans team was pretty easily the worst in the league. So this was one of those super mismatch, and Jalen Hurts absolutely took advantage. This was one of his probably most accurate games, I'd say, because his receivers were flying open left and right, so... He really didn't have any opportunities to miss too much. And he he hit his guys time in, time out. It was another one of those games where he was kind of met in the rushing side of things, but he was just so dominant passing that it didn't matter. He was attacking deep with A.J. Brown. He was hitting Dallas Goddard consistently over the middle. Like PD mentioned, he absolutely dominated the middle of the field primarily because I think the Texans, one of their biggest weaknesses was the linebacking core, and they had no answer for Dallas Goddard whatsoever. And Hertz is did a does a great job throughout the season and as shown by this game where if it do, is if it's not broke, don't fix it. And he went to Goddard time in and time out because one after another, there he was just that a connection was just dominant. 
Uh, I will say there were a couple of problems I had with this performance. First and foremost, obviously, the sacks. I think the Texans really weren't pressuring him too much uh, with as good of an offensive line as the Eagles have and as poor of a defensive line the Texans have. There really was no reason for him to take four sacks. I think it was just him trying to do too much in the open field, trying to play make, and things just didn't go his way, something he definitely needs to fix. Another issue that was obviously the fumble he lost, which was kind of bad for them early in that game, kept the Texans in the game for a little bit. And I think he has another fumble, which I think they ended up uh, picking up. I think Jason Kelsey picks that one up, uh, which ended up not hurting them too much. But two fumbles, definitely a problem, as well as the interception-worthy pass you mentioned. So three pretty big mistakes, and those sacks do take away from the incredible passing he had all game, but not enough for me to make this a bad performance. I thought this was a very strong performance once again. All right, moving on to the next one. So the Eagles' only regular season loss, um, and I thought Hertz was okay in this one and far from the reason that they lost. Um, his best throw of the game um, immediately fumbled by Quez Watkins in one of the most disastrous plays I saw all year. He does have a turnover-worthy play on an interceptable pass, um, but aside from that, I thought this was a solid performance from him, actually. Um, his accuracy wasn't absolutely lights out or anything, um, but he was solid at making plays in their intermediate area of the field. He does have a critically bad sack towards the end of the game um, when they had a chance to kind of go in and take the lead. But um, yeah, kind of aside from that, um, this was just a really unlucky performance, I thought, for the Eagles. Um, and Hurts, I thought, played a solid game rather than bad. Yeah, I would also put this game as roughly average. This definitely wasn't one of his good performances, but I'll agree with you completely. He definitely was not the reason this Commanders team won this game. Uh, honestly, a huge surprise because if anyone was going to take that title of being winless away, I didn't think it would be this Washington team. But I guess props to them for that. But some ways that I wasn't too happy with Hurts' performances, I think he definitely could have done a lot more in the rush game. I think the few rushes he had, he was pretty good, and he obviously had a touchdown uh, running the ball as well. I was just a little disappointed in him not taking advantage of the commanders being kind of banged up in their front seven, honestly not having a lot of speed and athleticism in that front seven in general. I was coming into this game expecting Hurts to have one of his better uh, rushing performances, and maybe it was because uh, they weren't play calling it or because in that second quarter they went down kind of early. But for whatever reason, I, was too, I wasn't too happy with Hurts not really taking off as much as he should have because there were a lot of situations where he could have scrambled. It doesn't necessarily have to be a designed run. He could have scrambled and torched this team, but he was trying to force some passes here and there, and it didn't really go his way, obviously. Uh, his accuracy dropped a little bit in this one compared to the rest of his games, uh, which still means he was about average accuracy-wise, where in his, most of his games he's elite. But definitely a bit of a concern. He did do a good job in this one of not taking too many sacks. So I'll give him props for that. As well as not really fumbling. Uh, but that one interception I would say was his fault. And obviously in this game where they lost it was pretty costly I would say. Uh, and I think for whatever reason he just wasn't really attacking this commander's defense. I thought they have plenty of holes in the DB position 
And obviously, the Eagles have a pretty strong positional advantage there. But Hurts simply wasn't going to his guys. Like, A.J. Brown didn't get nearly as much passes as he should have. Dallas Goddard, I felt like, was open all day over the middle of the field, kind of like the last game. And he wasn't getting the ball too much. Uh, Even Smitty, when he was going to him, it was all super short or just designed passes for, like, quick slants or screens. Uh, he really didn't develop any connection with any of his guys here, but uh, he didn't make too many mistakes either, so it ends up being about average to maybe slightly below average performance. Uh, I wasn't too happy with it, but he's far from the reason they lost. It just simply wasn't a, an impressive performance to me. All right, moving on to the next one against Indy. So this one was a little bit weird. So the rhythm of the offense was kind of whack early. Um, Hurts taking a number of sacks that I thought was his fault, holding on to the ball quite a lot in this game. Um, But then he kind of started dominating on the ground, made a couple of nice throws here and there. Uh, One really nice one to A.J. Brown. Um, And yeah, they were able to pull off the comeback because he didn't really put the ball in harm's way. the negative plays that he had were the sacks, and um, aside from that, I thought he was very clean in this one. Um, and yeah, they were able to pull off a win because he was, again, in, in this game, generating a number of positives. Um, so I thought he was a good, he, he had a good game in this one. Uh, well, I wouldn't necessarily call this game really clean, because I do think he made uh, quite a few mistakes that was part of the reason they the Eagles started off so slow uh one of them being the two fumbles he had early on for whatever reason the Eagles seemed to be very fumble prone early in this game and part of the reason why this Colts team was even in it because obviously they're far and beyond overmatching this Colts team but Hertz does fumble twice one of which he lost which was pretty bad in holding this team back one that he did pick up I believe so it didn't end up hurting them too much but fumbles in general is a problem and like you mentioned a bunch of sacks very early on against in plays where I really just felt like he was holding the ball too long he didn't need to be sacked on those plays uh and early on in general in this game for most of those first three quarters I was just very confused as to what was going on with Jalen Hurts and this offense it looked like you said very out of rhythm uh very chaotic not really the smooth very strongly operational Eagles offense that we've kind of gotten accustomed to the rest of the season and I think part of it wasn't all Jalen Hurts but Hurts was definitely a part of it he wasn't particularly inaccurate but he did have a lot of costly incompletions that I felt like were the reason a lot of those drives were killed uh he would make a he was just missing a couple of third down throws here and there and that ended up being the reason that they maybe didn't score as many many points as they should have in those first three quarters uh, but he does come in with a very strong second half in general. He kind of gets himself going with the rushing game. And I think that's why Hertz is just such a great quarterback. And even in a very, very much off passing game, he was able to stay pretty uh, aggressive and stay pretty just overall high value because of his rushing attack. And you end up seeing in that fourth quarter, he ends up picking himself up because he wasn't terrible as a result of that rushing attack. And he definitely torched that Colts defense with his legs, beating them through the middle, outside, every which way you can. And he comes in with two very, very clutch drives in that fourth quarter to complete a a pretty impressive comeback. 
on those two drives, he was pretty much lights out, hitting all of his guys. And this is where Hertz goes into that mode of, I'm not going to attack you with one receiver, whether it's A.J. Brown or Javante Smith. He's going to go to everybody. Uh, I would have liked him to utilize Dallas Goddard a lot more in this game, but it kind of is what it is. Uh, so overall, I'd give this uh, average performance. I wouldn't really say it was good, but I am impressed with how he recovered. All right, moving on to the next one against Green Bay. And Hertz was okay as a passer in this one, generated a couple of explosives. And he did have a turnover-worthy play in this one that I didn't think he was punished for. But um, the run game is the entire story in this one. He was absolutely dominant, um, destroyed Green Bay, uh, whether that be the first level, second level, third level. He was breaking tackles, uh, making explosive runs down the sideline, through the middle of the field. It didn't really matter. The only thing missing was was touchdowns him. He was absolutely incredible on the ground in this one, and that's going to carry him to a very good game, even if the passing wasn't um, consistently amazing in this one. Um, So, yeah, I thought this was a very good game overall. Yeah, I'll say it again. Jalen Hurts is this good because he can have average or maybe even below average, if you want to say, passing uh, game. But he'll just have games where he's so absolutely dominant in the run game that it doesn't matter what he does in the past game. And this was one of those games where he came out even from that first quarter, I think early in the, in this game, whether it was the first quarter or first half, he had like 100-plus rushing yards already. And I don't know, for whatever reason, the Eagles decided to come out this game and they decided this was going to be the one where Hertz is just going to take over with his legs. And he absolutely did that. Like you said, he was beating people in the open field, beating DBs, breaking those tackles. He was running up the middle of the field, finding holes, and just uh, avoiding linebackers at D-linemen at any cost. There's so many plays where he just broke the corner, absolutely torched everyone. And I remember one particular run, I think it might have been the 42-yard one, where I think it was a play read option. He just tucks the ball in, beats everybody to the edge, and just destroys the defense down the sideline. If it wasn't for safety, kind of pushing him out of bounds at the last second, it would have been a massive touchdown run. So overall, just absolutely dominant with his legs, showing how good he is uh, in that aspect of the game and showing why he's such a just elite, elite uh, uh, player in that aspect of the game probably one of the best rushers in the league. In terms of passing, I'd say it was relatively accurate because of how many splash plays he was making uh, in the rushing game. He didn't really attack downfield or wasn't really aggressive in that because uh, rushing was definitely the focal point of this game. The Packers front seven simply could not keep up with the physicality of this Eagles O-line and just their blocking scheme in general. So both Hurts and Sanders... And even their guys like Gainwell and Boston Scott had incredible games. So Hertz wasn't asked to do much in the passing game. And when he was, he didn't really make any mistakes. Uh, no interception-worthy passes, at least in my opinion. Uh, he didn't really take too many sacks either. So incredible performance from him. Very dominant. All right, moving on to the next one against Tennessee. So this was what I was talking about. So I don't think Hertz self-generated too many of these explosive plays. I thought... The Eagles supporting cast did a great job. Um, he does have a fumble in this one that I didn't think he was punished for by the regular box score. But um, him putting his foot on the gas pedal and just absolutely sticking the dagger in the opposing defense's heart, 
Um, that is totally the way to go. Even if he's not self-generating these explosive plays, um, someone will uh, because of the level of talent of A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. Um, they can just make things happen even if he's just chucking it up to them. So, um, yeah, I think that's a little bit of what was going on in this one. So he does have a couple of self-generated explosive plays, but uh, for the most part, I thought the Eagles' supporting cast was the one doing the work. Um, and even then, I thought he was pretty solid in this one. So decent game overall for me. Yeah, I think I'm a little bit higher on this one because I do agree that this game was heavily reliant on how good this Eagles supporting cast is. But Hurts definitely played his role in this. And to me, he was incredible. Maybe he wasn't making the same amount of high level, dropping it in the bread basket throws and tight coverage that you would normally see out of him going deep because guys like A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith were either running free wild just free open uh, over the middle of the field or he was just throwing it up to AJ Brown to just moss people like one of those touchdowns went uh so it it sure it wasn't necessarily generated by Hertz but I'm not going to expect him to throw it into contested coverage if his guys are running free wide open so I'll still give him a very good performance cuz time in and time out he was delivering it right on the money getting it to a point where his guys like A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith could just uh, catch it in stride and keep going and do their thing pretty much. And he was also very, very accurate in this one. Like we said, not too many difficult passes, but in the passes he did make, he was quite accurate. Uh, he wasn't really necessary in the run game, even though he still did pick up a touchdown uh, running the ball. Another one of those signature uh, QB sneaks, I believe it was. Uh, and to me, he didn't really throw any interceptable-worthy passes. He does have one fumble, which I believe they pick up, so it didn't really affect the game, obviously, but still a mistake on his part. Uh, but really, that was the only problem I had with this game. Other than that, he did a fantastic job of spreading the ball out. Uh, every single one of his players on that offense ate. He destroyed them deep. He destroyed them in the intermediate range. He was killing them short. Uh, the Titans really had no no response for him. And even if it wasn't all him making those plays happen, I'm still going to give him props for that. And also massive performance from A.J. Brown, who has obviously had a little bit of vendetta against the Titans who didn't want to pay him. Hurts did a great job of feeding him, making him happy. He had a monster, monster game. So to me, this was a very good performance. All right, moving on to the next one. At the Giants, and the Eagles absolutely smashed the Giants out of the out of the stadium in this one. And Hertz was pretty dominant, in my opinion, um, making a ton of really nice deep throws in this one. Um, was very very good on the ground. Didn't put the ball in harm's way in this one. Um, pretty accurate. The only thing that pulls this game back from being a true masterclass is the sacks. Um, I thought a number of those were his ball, and he was um, kind of holding the ball on some of those. Uh, but beyond that, like. Really, really good performance. Uh, very accurate, very aggressive. Didn't put the ball in harm's way. Um, just a bunch of things that I really want to see from a good quarterback performance, and he delivered in this one. Yeah, he was absolutely fantastic in this one, and he was one of the major reasons this Eagles team just smashed this Giants team. And he was very, very impactful in both facets of the game, both passing and rushing. And we hadn't had that in a little bit, and he came back and had one of those per performances. So major props to him. 
He was destroying the Giants with his legs, and he was also incredibly accurate, kind of destroying them on every facet of the field, as we expect from Jalen Hurts at this point, going deep to guys like A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, but also attacking that middle of the field, because really the Giants linebackers are pretty non-existent in this one. The middle of the field seemed open all day, and that's where Jalen Hurts really cooks if teams don't try and take away from take that away from him. He is good going to the sidelines as well. He's good going deep, whatever. But that middle of the field is definitely where he cooks the most. And uh, he did a great job of exposing that weakness in the Giants defense. Uh, he Also, I do agree with you that the sacks were a bit of an issue. Uh, I mean, I've said it time in, time out with him this season. And it's just something you have to live with at this point with him. But he did hold the ball way too much, tried to do a bit too much. And maybe it was he could uh, because he could afford to in this game. It was never a close matchup. So maybe it's not the biggest problem in the world if he's holding the ball a little bit longer than he should to try to make extra plays here and there when they're up big already because it does, didn't really affect the outcome of the game. But still definitely an issue that he needs to work on. But aside from those mistakes, there were no turnover-worthy plays, no real fumbles. He was dominant in both aspects. Uh very, very incredible, phenomenal performance for me. All right, moving on to the next one at Chicago. So um, this one was a little bit of an up-and-down performance. He does have a bad interception and then one interception that I didn't think was his fault. There was a miscommunication on the play. Um, so a little bit of a slow start there, um, but he only takes one sack, wasn't really under pressure too much, and he was generating a ton of explosive plays. Some fantastic throws. I want to highlight the one deep down the right sideline to A.J. Brown, just drops it in the bucket. Um, as we've said, for a number of his his um, explosive plays down the field, that's kind of what they look like. Um, and I thought even with the mistakes early on, uh, the number of explosive plays that he was generating later on in the game was well worth, uh, was well enough to make up for the mistakes that he had early on. Um, and I thought this was a good performance um, before he got injured. So um, very, very impressed with this one. Yeah, I also felt like this was a very up-and-down performance for me, and I don't know where I'd put it overall, but I wasn't very impressed with this first quarter, or really even a lot of the first half in general. He came out a little bit sluggish in terms of his accuracy. He was missing a lot of the guy, his guys, and that's why overall in this game his accuracy doesn't look as good as it was uh as a whole he does pick it up later in the game but early on he was a little bit out of whack with that one I also thought both of his interceptions were his fault I think that miscommunication was it was a little bit there but he still missed the mark on that pass so two pretty costly interceptions early on which didn't give the Bears the lead but very well could have but aside from that he definitely recovers very well he was once again impactful in the rushing game, even though uh, he carried the ball a lot and didn't get a whole lot of yards when you get three touchdowns in the rushing game, as well as one explosive run. I think it was 20 plus yards where he just torched that Bears defense. He still showed his impact there. And I've talked about how explosive and quick he is on the short runs to get those touchdowns or get those important conversions. So definitely, definitely very impactful there. In the passing game, he ended up being impactful later in the game because he just 
torched the Bears defense downfield. Just in those past, last few quarters, time in and time out, he was just bombing that defense deep, going deep to A.J. Brown, going deep to Devontae Smith. This was one of the first games he's had when both of those guys were very, very impressive. So I was very impressed with Hurts being able to get all of them or uh, get both of them involved. And he was still able to spread the ball out to a lot of his other guys. So overall, pretty impressive in that way. Uh, it would have been a phenomenal performance had he not had a little bit of a slow start, but still very, very good. All right. So as I mentioned, Hertz gets injured on a QB sneak in this one um, and comes back in week 18. Um, and this was the only game of the entire year that I thought he was truly bad. Um, puts the ball in harm's way a couple of times, one time being an interception. Wasn't really in great chemistry with his receivers going down, going deep down the field. Um, kind of expected after a, a long layoff. Um, he does have another fumble in this one. Um, and yeah, just, just not a very good performance in terms of consistency, accuracy, um, generating um, explosive plays down the field. Um, I thought he could have definitely played a lot better in this one. Yeah, I agree with you for the most part, but I will say I kind of took this performance with a grain of salt because I remember going into this week, a lot of people were unsure if Hertz was even going to play. And I think the general consensus was people thought he shouldn't play because he clearly wasn't back to 100%. I think we could see it in the way he was playing. Uh, even some of the playoff games early on, he didn't look completely 100%, but he definitely didn't look 100% in this one and I honestly thought that the Eagles should have just taken their win with how good of a season they had and just allowed Hertz to ride it out until the playoffs but for whatever reason they wanted him to come back and I guess have a little bit of practice run maybe get the mistakes out of the way before uh, the playoffs but he looked pretty awful in this one I think the biggest concern here was the rushing game uh, with the, I believe it was an ankle injury he had. He really wasn't looking too quick uh, in the running game. Uh, probably one of his worst rushing performances in the year. The normal explosion and quickness we see out of Hurts simply was not there. And I think that came back to haunt him in the uh, passing game as well. He took three sacks against a Giants team that all, honestly wasn't bringing a whole lot of pressure. They were kind of content with taking their L and leaving because they couldn't really go up or down uh, in their uh, playoff rankings, and they really rested pretty much all their guys. So they weren't bringing a lot of heat, and Jalen Hurts still took a lot of sacks, which was kind of concerning. He was pretty inaccurate in this one. Uh, he did have a couple of uh, conversions long to, like, A.J. Brown, uh, but overall he wasn't too aggressive either. Just the overall bad performance, but like I said, I'm not going to hold it against him too much because I pretty clearly thought he wasn't ready to come back. All right, so after a season with one loss with Jalen Hurts in the lineup, the Eagles obviously got a first-round bye, um, and they come into the divisional playoff game against the Giants and absolutely blow them out of the water. Um, Hurts was okay in this one. He had a couple of nice explosive plays down the field, one to Devontae Smith that was perfectly dropped in. Um, he does have a fumble, a turnover-worthy play in this one. Um, only one sack, and the Eagles were absolutely dominant pass blocking in this one. Um, yeah, just kind of not doing too much, wasn't asked to do too much. Um, did generate an explosive play when he was asked to, but does have that fumble. Um, so I think this one ended up as about average uh, because of the way that the, the Eagles were playing. But 
um, yeah, I, I could see, under, I could understand if you were higher on this one. No, I honestly felt very similarly about uh, about this game uh, as you because I kind of said it in the other game. I kind of felt at this point Hertz still wasn't fully back to himself. And I don't really think that's why they took the ball out of his hands in this one. I think he simply didn't have the opportunity to do too much because the Giants didn't really pose a threat. I mean, the Eagles took over this game from the start and really didn't let the gas off or, or uh, let their uh, foot off the gas pedal defensively. The Giants were getting literally nothing going. So the Eagles didn't ask Hertz to do much. And when he was asked to do something, he was able to generate explosive plays, like you mentioned. Uh, the fumble does take away from him a little bit. It was pretty costly. But overall, I can't really take away too much from this game because, well, he wasn't asked to do a whole lot. I think future games are more indicative of his like overall performance in these playoff scenarios. This was one of those situations where he was kind of just a passenger. He was just along for the ride, did what he did, needed to do in bits and bobs, throwing quick screens, throwing short passes. I mean, the Eagles played it pretty conservative because they wanted to get into this game win and get out they weren't trying to get too cute they had a bigger goal in mind and they almost achieved it so this was definitely just a part of the process so average game from hertz not too much i can say other than that all right moving on to the next one against san francisco so um i think that some of hertz's weaknesses really showed up in this one he was bailing from the pocket early a lot looked pretty uncomfortable with the pressure of the Niners, even though they weren't consistently winning on the outside. Um, and I didn't think he was generating a ton of explosive plays down the field uh, on his own. I thought he was getting bailed out a little bit by his receivers. Um, the accuracy wasn't all that consistent, uh, but he did kind of just enough in the intermediate area of the field to make up for some of these. So um, consistent, he was kind of aggressive, um, taking chances. So that, that, was, that was helpful for the offense. Um, but I didn't think he was the reason at all that they won this game and I thought he was just kind of all right in this one yeah this game really really hurts as a Niners fan because I'll be honest I thought this was Jalen Hurts worst game of the season by far and I thought what the healthy offense or I, I mean just healthy quarterback in general this Niners team absolutely could have competed in this one and because of how awful their offense was it kind of hid the fact that Hurts didn't really play well and honestly, if there's any negative to take away going into next year, it might be this game because I definitely do think some defenses, you really are going to have a really good defense to execute this game plan. But there are some defenses out there that could play Hurts in a similar fashion that the Niners did and kind of shut him down because that is what the Niners did. I think he was quite inaccurate in this one. And I think the biggest reason was because the Niners really rattled him with the pass rush. I think this was the first game where, because of such a good O-line, he didn't really deal with strong pass rushes all all year. He was taking so many sacks and had so much pressure, mainly because it was either him running into those or just holding the ball too long. He kind of enjoyed a clean pocket all year long, and this was the first time that a team really was able to go after him. And you saw his aggression fall to the floor. He wasn't going downfield at all. The one time I do remember him going downfield was in the first quarter or one or two times. And one of those was almost intercepted. Uh, I thought he had two interception-worthy plays in this one. So I, w I, I definitely thought this was probably the most uh, uh, turnover-worthy, like, 
plays he had in such a small volume all year long. And that lack of aggression really showed in the lack of yards he had all game. Uh, he really didn't get any connection going with any of his weapons, who honestly I did still think had a positional advantage despite such a good defense. I think this uh, receiver core and even the tight ends uh, still had an advantage to this Niners defense, and he wasn't able to take advantage of that. Uh, even in the rushing game, he was pretty non-existent. Uh, all of the planned rushes and stuff were getting pretty stuffed by this defensive line. Uh, he did have one of those, his signature short run in touchdowns, which obviously is huge for them. But overall, I thought he was pretty unimpactful in this, made a whole lot of mistakes. And this, I'd say, is the only blueprint NFL teams have to stop this version of Jalen Hurts. All right, moving on to the next one, which is the Super Bowl. And this is the cream of the crop, man. This is as good as it gets. Um, I, I I can understand an argument that this was the best performance by a quarterback this year, and that includes the fumble um, because of how good everything else was. So Hertz was very, very good on the ground, breaking a ton of tackles in critical moments um, and generating a ton of explosive plays down the field. Um, there's, there's so many to highlight, but, um, the ones that I really want to highlight were two really incredible tight window throws, one on the run to Dallas Goddard, um, and one where he floats a corner out in between three defenders. That was incredible. Um, he also has a number of, um, great plays deep, deep down the field. One even dropped by Quez Watkins, where he threw it incredibly accurately off his back foot with pressure in his face. Um, in general, in this game, he was extremely accurate. Um, he had his foot all the way on the gas pedal, um, taking chances like the one he did to A.J. Brown for the long touchdown, where he was essentially covered, but A.J. Brown kind of uncovered himself and um, turned that into a touchdown. Um, and there's even like errors in critical situations by the Eagles pass blocking unit, but Hertz was able to overcome some of those, uh, has a play where he jukes um, a Chiefs defender, Scrambles left outside the pocket and completes um, a pass down the field for a big first down. Um, just consistently generating incredible plays down the field. Um, and if not for the fumble, I think we would be talking about this as maybe the greatest uh, performance of all time for a quarterback in the Super Bowl. So um, truly amazing performance. Um, and I think this is kind of the performance that um, sparked so much excitement um, for people across the NFL because he was absolutely lights out aside from that fumble. Yeah, this performance was no less than a masterclass. He was absolutely incredible in this. And the only thing I disagree with you is this probably wouldn't be my best performance of the year because uh, Mahomes exists. And I would say he outplayed Mahomes in this game, but I would have some other games in his season that I'd say were better. But in general, given the magnitude of the situation, Hurts by far had one of the best QB performances I've seen all year. He was so incredible in this one. And everything I said about him in the previous week getting shut down, I'm not really sure what happened in this one because he completely flipped the script in this. And obviously the Chiefs defense is nowhere near as good as the Niners defense or probably even that Giants defense he first faced in that first week. So that definitely has something to do with it. But I think this might have been the first time he has been fully healthy since that injury happened. And I think that's probably why we finally saw the version of Jalen Hurts that we knew pretty much all season. And we had seen not as good of a performance as this, but similar level performances 
earlier in the year, and we just missed that for a couple of games. And when it really mattered, he came out and just blew everyone out the water. He was destroying player this defense deep, destroying that matchup with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown pretty much all game. He was dominant in the rushing attack once again. They used a whole variety of rushes with uh, Jalen Hurts in this one. It wasn't just their traditional designed runs. And he executed them to perfection, had three rushes, uh, rushing touchdowns in the Super Bowl which from a quarterback is incredible. And some of those weren't even easy rushing touchdowns. Some of them he had to run people over, break tackles in the open field, really use his grit and toughness to get in the end zone for some of them. So I was so impressed by him there. And passing the ball, he was so accurate, probably his most accurate performance all year. Uh, even as far as taking sacks, it didn't really feel like he was under pressure all day. Those two sacks, I would say, came more from just missed blocks rather than him having any issues. It just seemed like drive in and drive out this Eagles offense, there was really no stopping them. And even in that first half, they looked absolutely unstoppable. In that second half, they looked a little bit more stoppable because of a couple of miscues here and there, a couple of incompletions by him, and obviously that fumble at the end of the game, which ends up costing them. To me, I think I tax him a little bit more than you because of how impactful that fumble was. I mean, that in essence did lose them in the Super Bowl. And by no means was Jalen Hurts the reason they lost the Super Bowl. That defense was clearly the reason. But when you have such a big play and such a big moment, probably the biggest drive of his career, and that ends up happening, I really can't take that away from him completely, no matter how good he was the rest of the game, because he was absolutely lights out. Uh, I think he was just shy of a masterclass because of that, but still very, very incredible performance. It was honestly just a privilege to watch that, because one of the better quarterback uh, Super Bowl performances we have seen in a while. All right, let's speed run Marcus Mariota real quick. So um, discussing his season overall, I didn't think that Marcus Mariota had um, a great game other than the Niners game where he was absolutely lights out just dotting up um, his Falcons receivers didn't put the ball in harm's way was extremely accurate um, obviously with the completion percentage Um, the rest of the season like you can really kind of deduce Marcus Mariota's traits he has um, accuracy concerns um, decision making and feel issues Um, he kind of just only has his run game elements to him and even those we're seeing kind of a regression from um, where he was earlier in his career because he's kind of on the wrong side of 28 years old, which is when I think athletes start decline, declining physically um, in the tra- traditional sense. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't really think he's a good quarterback, but um, I'm sure that his fit in this RPO scheme world uh, will be very, very good and that um, Nick Sirianni will, will make a good backup out of him. I came into this season, and I think I had said this in our uh, preview episodes, highly confused as to why Marcus Mariota was still a starter in 2023. And I'm still very, very confused after that season he had. And one thing that pisses me off extra about him was the fact that his lone good game in this entire season was against the Niners in a spot where the Niners absolutely did not expect to lose to this Falcons team. And he just torched us. Not only 
in uh, in terms of passing the ball, but he even had his best rushing performance of the year against us, torching us uh, for a touchdown too. So that was definitely a great performance to watch from him. But aside from that, I think there's a general theme to the rest of his game, which was he's still very inaccurate like he was back in the day. He still can't really attack downfield, and that's why the Falcons' vertical threats like Drake London and Kyle Pitts were pretty much neutralized for most of the year because, I mean, Mariota really wasn't able to go to them. And one thing that he really was able to do back in the – early parts of his career was and especially in college was be very dominant in the run game uh he has always been one of the more quick explosive quarterbacks and he had that knack for being able to find open space too uh which a lot of quarterbacks don't have but at the in this time of his career he simply is not that same athlete uh like pd mentioned he's at that point in his career where a lot of people decline athletically by quite a bit, and he is no exception uh, as far as rushing in terms of scrambles. It was pretty much non-existent because by the time he went through all of his reads, the pass rush was able to get there. The scramble aspect of his game was, is pretty much gone. So a lot of his runs came from designed runs to where when he's running right away, he still does have a decent amount of speed to be able to be somewhat impactful. But even then, he really wasn't, putting fear in NFL defenses or having to spread out defenses because of his running. They weren't putting spies against him. He wasn't really effective there, and he wasn't really getting in the end zone too much as well. And when you combine that with the amount of sacks he was taking, and granted this was a pretty not too good offensive line from the Falcons last year, uh, but he was still running into a lot of sacks. He was just holding the ball too much because he's never been the most good quarterback in terms of making reads sometimes he'll just sit in the pocket and wait way too long and that's where those sacks come and most importantly the interceptions for the number of pass attempts he had for the uh, amount of times he threw the ball there's no reason he should have had as many picks and interception worthy throws as he had that's kind of what knocked him out of the league the first time in terms of being a starter and that's what's going to do it once again for him uh, like I said, he's not the best at breaking defenses down. I think his processing simply isn't starter level. I don't think it ever was really. And now with declining athleticism, there's no real purpose for him as a starter. But I do think his skill sets kind of mimic Hurts in a way where obviously he's nowhere near as good. But he does have a similar skill set. And I like him as a backup on this Eagles team. All right, so let's talk about this 2023 season. So start off with the team and scheme. Um, it's going to be a similar fit for the for Hertz and Mariota, so I'm not going to really touch on it too much. But um, in terms of their running back room, Rashad Penny, I really like him when he's healthy. He's extremely explosive, breaks a ton of tackles, um, can take any carry to the house. He's, he's really, really good. Um, just hoping he stays healthy, man. Um, DeAndre Swift was a decent pickup for cheap. I don't think Swift is the greatest player, but he can definitely catch passes, and that, that'll be a useful addition for this team. Um, and then Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott are really, really good for third and fourth stringers. I could definitely see them being part of rotation on another team, um, but because this team is so stacked, they don't really get too much playtime. Um, and then for the receiving core, it's obviously incredible. Um, with A.J. Brown Devonte Devontae Smith forming one of the very best duos in the league, um, I really don't like Quez Watkins at all. I think he's a pretty bad player, but 
Um, they more than make up for it with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. And, of course, Dallas Goddard is one of the better tight ends in the league as well. Um, exceptional pass catcher. So you have three guys with Brown, Smith, and Goddard, who I think could all easily be pro bowlers this year. Um, it's just kind of Kent Quez Watkins, just tread water. Um, or maybe they get something from Alameda Zacchaeus or one of their young players. Um, and then the offensive line, obviously, it's still stacked, despite the fact that they lost Isaac Samalo. I totally believe in the Eagles to develop guys like Cam Jurgens and Landon Dickerson to really replace that loss. And then uh, Jordan Mailata, um, very, very good player. And then Kelsey and Lane Johnson, arguably the best guys at their position in the league. Um, just exceptional players for what they do. Um, yeah, this Eagles offense is absolutely stacked. And then they pair that with an RPO heavy scheme, um, which Hurts is really, really good at operating, uses the threat of his run and is a very, very good decision maker in these types of situations. Um, and they also pair that with their vertical passing game, um, which they unlocked more and more of as the season went on, um, kind of starting with that Tennessee game. They just relentlessly take shots down the field um, and kind of having that run game with the RPOs to take up the underneath defenders um, and then continually attack the vertical areas of the field, I think that's their formula to win. And it's a really, really efficient and good formula. Um, and it completely works because they're absolutely loaded at every position, um, aside from Quez Watkins. So, um, yeah, the Eagles are Eagles are loaded. They should be one of the best offenses in the league again. Yeah, I think there's no mistaking how well this offense is built not only in general because I think most quarterbacks would succeed with this amount of talent around them but not only that I think this offense is beautifully built to really suit Jalen Hurts skill set and emphasize what he's good at and kind of take away from what he's bad at I think there are two pickups uh to replace uh Miles Sanders this year have is perfect for this Eagles offense, I'd say. I think DeAndre Swift obviously struggled quite a bit in that Lions offense where it's a lot more ground and pound, run up the middle, and he's got to use his vision uh, to run the ball, which I honestly don't think is a strong suit. And I think he's come in to this Eagles offense where it's Rashad Penny is probably going to be the pretty clear handler of the ball in terms of rushing. And we saw what he could do when healthy on the Seahawks. He's incredible at running between the tackles. He gets downhill very well, very strong and stout and quick at the same time, has that breakaway speed. I think he's going to do an amazing job if he's able to stay healthy with this uh, Eagles offensive line. He's obviously very physical. And not only that, they're also quick at the same time. So he's uh, one one thing Rashad Penny can also do is work in that zone run scheme. That's something the Eagles do as well. I think both aspects of that game is great for Penny. And where Swift fits in is the receiving aspect of the game. I think pretty easily Swift is was uh, identified in that Lions offense as the receiving guy. I think he's still got some of the best receiving uh, skill sets in the league in terms of running backs so I think he one thing the Eagles did utilize a lot is that running back in a receiving type of role and I think that's great for a guy like Jalen Hurts to have to just dump it off and have someone who can just break plenty of tackles in space because that's what Swift is good at even if he doesn't necessarily have the vision to make plays in between the tackles or really go downhill and run over defenders in the open space no, very few people are as quick, as agile as him, have the same type of bag he has in breaking defenders. And one thing that the Eagles do a lot is kind of just 
dump the ball off to talented people in space and let them do their thing. And Swift fits in that into that uh, very well. And I understand your kind of concerns with Quez Watkins in this receiving core, but I think when you have two really elite wide receiver one type players with AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, who both I think people would argue are like top 12 receivers in the league. And we saw what they could do last year. I mean, you never thought last year that the Eagles receiving core was lacking anything. So I think them just running back the same uh, receiving core essentially is completely fine because Hertz already has that chemistry developed with guys like AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. Both of those guys are obviously very, very good, very, very dominant. And not only that, they fit Jalen Hurts' skill set uh, very well. Well, one thing A.J. Brown is especially good at and Jalen Hurts' favorite thing to do, I'd say, is going downfield. His deep ball is one of the most accurate and pretty things to see in the league. And I think that connection is almost a match made in heaven because A.J. Brown loves going deep. He's got the size and speed to be a very dominant deep receiver. So I think that's perfect. And Smitty is kind of a Another aspect of that offense, because he's such a great route runner, he's a lot smaller, but that also makes him super quick, agile, gets open very fast, allows Hurts to work that middle of the field, which he loves to do so much, and gives him kind of a possession receiver to work with. And a lot of their other guys, I'd say, are not very talented receivers in general, but they are really, really fast. And like we said, Hurts loves going downfield when you have all those guys who can take the top off the defense or someone you could even just drop the ball off to underneath and have them run around, do their thing. I think all this receiver core just fits in perfectly with Hurts. And I sure, maybe they could have added another talented guy in there, but they just have so much talent on this offense that I don't think it matters. And honestly, Swift could kind of fill in that receiver three role type of guy. And not to mention, they obviously have Dallas Goddard, who is incredible. Him and Hertz have a great connection already. He really works that middle of the field and seems to always be open in the against the linebacker in the middle of the field. And Hertz loves going there, like I already mentioned. So I think that's also another match made in heaven kind of thing. And they also bought in a guy like Dan Arnold, who I believe was a starting tight end elsewhere. So having him as a depth piece is great for them. And then the offensive line, like I said earlier in this episode, it's poised to be probably the best in the league. I Obviously, Kelsey and Lane Johnson are undoubtedly some of the best in their position. Uh, like you mentioned, PD. Mylada, I remember, recently got paid, and for good reason. He was very incredible. He's a huge physical blocker, uh, someone who they really love on this run game. And even though they did lose Siamalu in the offseason, I do think they drafted both Dickerson and Jurgens in the last two drafts for the purpose of using them. I think the uh, reason that the Eagles have been so good and have kind of accumulated so much talent is because they've hit on their draft picks. And in the short amount of time Dickerson and Jurgens did play last year in place for injury, the Eagles' offensive line didn't really skip a beat. And I think both of the go- those guys are like second-round picks, high-level talents in, in terms of guards. I think in the system, they're going to do just fine. And this Eagles offensive line is going to be probably the best in the league once again. Uh, One thing that could be an issue is obviously the loss of Shane Steichen. When you have such a dominant offense, you never want to lose someone who's was obviously such an integral part of that. 
and really a huge reason why Hertz went from the guy he was in college to such a dominant elite player that he is now. But I think pick, uh, hiring Brian Johnson, who will pretty much run the same sort of offense, and more importantly, I believe he was the quarterback's coach before, now getting uh, promoted to the offensive coordinator. He obviously would have a pretty good relationship with Hurts if he was the quarterback's coach. And he also must have had, I- I've heard he's had a pretty big uh, part of Jalen Hurts' huge jump. So I like the fact that they hired within. I really don't think the Eagles need a change in kind of ideology in the way they play offense. I think it kind of fits perfectly. Everything did last year. So it's good that they essentially ran it back with someone within and trying to bring in a fresh face who wants to change things. So overall, I think this team and scheme is really perfect for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, um, even if they lose Brian Johnson at the end of the year, it's not going to really be a big deal because Sirianni is the mastermind at the end of the day uh, for that team. That as well. All right. So let's move on to the juicy stuff, the projections for next year. And I'm going to touch on Jalen Hurts' game and where he can improve before I um, get into his median outcomes and such. So Hurts, um, as a quarterback of smaller stature, he's never going to be elite at pushing the ball over the middle of the field because he doesn't really have the greatest angle um, to get to that area but in terms of um, his movement in the pocket um, I think he could shorten his drop back depth um, or make it quicker um, to where he's earlier uh, in the play and has more of that middle of the field area available to him because right now he's very much perimeter oriented guy and pressuring that middle of the field could really help the Eagles offense and um, AJ Brown's game was largely middle of the field oriented when he played with Ryan Tannehill so um, it's something to watch as we move on into um, next year. Um, And obviously I talked about it earlier in the episode, but the fumbles are definitely an issue for Jalen Hurts. Um, He has this thing where he switches hands on runs. um, And I think that's not really the greatest idea. He consistently does that quite a lot. um, And it was the reason that he fumbled in the Super Bowl. So um, definitely something to watch if he can fix that. Um, And then the final thing um, that I want to talk about is the sacks. And it was kind of related to um, what I talked about with the dropback depth. Um, So you might have to sacrifice some sacks for um, pushing the ball down the field, getting the ball out, uh, holding the ball to generate those explosive plays. But um, I think he could be better served um, quickening up his dropback to get to the top of the drop. Um, And yeah, those are the kind of improvement areas. We also haven't really seen him be uh, a high-volume, true dropback passer. It's a lot of RPO play-action stuff. Um, and I think that's because his fit with that type of scheme is, is really good. Um, but it is something worth, worth watching if he can um, add that true dropback game as a counter. Um, so looking into his 50th percentile outcome, I see this as a solidly Pro Bowl-level player. Something like QB 5-6 to six is what I'm looking at for him this year. Um and with some greater improvements, like I mentioned, um, to the dropbacks and the true dropback game rather than RPO and play action stuff at a 75th percentile outcome, I could see him easily contending for an MVP um, as QB three or four um, and continued health as well, um, not playing through injury like we saw at the end of the year with that Giants game. Um, at his 100th percentile outcome at his very, very best, um, I could see him being the best quarterback in the league. Now, it would take uh, a lower end outcome from the guys near the top, but yeah, I, I do see that um, his trajectory in the league so far has been spectacular. He's gone from a guy who probably shouldn't have been on a field in his rookie year to a guy who some people questioned as a starter in the second year, 
um, to now a guy who was clearly a Pro Bowl player when he was healthy. So um, I, I, it wouldn't really shock me. His trajectory has been monstrous um, at his 25th percentile outcome. So I don't really see um, very, very low end outcomes outside of injury for him um, because of the thing that I mentioned earlier in the episode where um, his turnover play rate took a huge jump. And I think that's strongly correlated with his decision-making getting a lot better. His feel for the game is really, really good. He knows exactly when to push the ball down the field um, and when to be very conservative. Um, and I think that's the biggest drive for his game. So um, I don't really see that going away. And for his 25th percentile, 20, 25th percentile outcome, I see him being more like a low-end pro bowler, very, very strong starter type as like QB 8 or 9. Um, and then at his very worst outcomes, I still don't see him doing too much worse. Um, maybe he fights through some injuries um, and the team takes a step back as a whole and maybe he looks like uh, QB 12 or 13. But I see this as very, very unlikely because of his combination of athleticism and feel. It just, make, gives his, it, it just makes his floor year over year very, very high. Um, and his ceiling is kind of determined by those slightly unlikely areas of improvement that I mentioned, but um, his trajectory has been incredible. So I don't want to rule anything out for him. Yeah, I'll before I get into his projections, I'll also acknowledge what you were saying about his level of improvement. And I said this at the start of the episode, but I feel like I just can't emphasize it enough. When you watch the way he played in Alabama, where he was simply one of those college quarterbacks who just ran around, abused his athleticism, and had insane D1 receivers or top-level uh, five-star receivers who he could just throw it deep to. Uh, and then in Oklahoma, he kind of developed his passing game a little, but he still didn't really look like an NFL quarterback. And obviously, same rookie, his rookie season. Then he had a much stronger second year where Eagles fans still really questioned like, oh, can this be the starter? But obviously, he went from someone who clearly wasn't a starter to about a roughly below average quarterback, only slightly, though. And I even remember going into last year, player, a, a lot of Eagles fans were like, are we going to use the multiple firsts we have in the next draft to draft a quarterback if Jalen Hurts doesn't work out? And obviously, that's not wasn't even close to a conversation now. The amount he improved last year was incredible. And I've known that he could improve even more, which is what I'll get into now with what you were saying, PD. I absolutely agree that the fumbling problem is something he needs to address immediately. I mean... He really could be a Super Bowl winner right now if that was something he addressed a little bit sooner. So that's definitely something he needs to look into. Uh, another thing also, obviously, the sacks with his drop back uh, amount. The, he goes way too far back, like you mentioned. And something that I think so, might be a problem that he'll still go through next year is him simply trying to do too much. A lot of young quarterbacks have this issue. Him a little bit less than a lot of these other guys. but. Uh, NFL offenses are very quick in terms of timing. You really can't mess things up by dilly-dallying or running around. And one thing he has had uh, had a little bit of a tendency to do is bail on pockets, run into sacks, et cetera, et cetera. And that's really not something he can do if he wants to play in and play out, be an effective quarterback. Because I'd say like 90% of plays right now, he is a highly effective quarterback. But he will have plays here and there that are taking him down from the next tier of quarterbacks who we'll get into soon, who really don't have plays where they're just forced to throw the ball away or forced to take a bad sack because, 
you know, they're trying to do a little bit too much. So those are definitely the main focuses that I hope he improves on next year. And with that being said, where I feel like he'll end up being on average is probably a similar level to last year. Last year, I had him ranked at roughly the four or five quarterback, depending on where you look at it. And I think on average, he'll end up being at the same place. I think he will improve on those aspects of his game. Uh, but on average, there isn't too much room to improve because he's already such an elite quarterback. He doesn't have room to have as big of a jump as he did in previous years. And if he had another jump from here, he'd be pushing being one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time already. So that is unlikely. So in his median level outcome, I'd say he's going to be in the four to six range, firmly in that Pro Bowl tier, firmly in that elite tier of quarterbacks, but not quite your top three who are, you know, a little bit of a step ahead. And in his high-level outcome, the only place I can put him is in that top three. He did have a stretch last year where he certainly was in that top three range. And if he just continues on that by limiting his fumbles, continuing to limit his interceptions like he did uh, last year, uh, maybe fixing a little bit of those pocket issues like we talked about, and most importantly, staying healthy because I think he would have been even higher ranked had he stayed healthy. Uh, maybe that happens by him sliding more or just running out of bounds more because he is also one of those guys who likes to take contact. Obviously, on those QB sneak type of plays, by default, he's taking contact. Hopefully, if he's able to stay safe on those, stay healthy, I could see him jumping into that top three, even competing for MVP among the other guys who we already know are going to compete for MVP, who we're going to talk about soon. So that would be my high-level outcome for him. And on the low end, I really don't see him falling too much unless a lot of injuries happen, uh, like you were saying, PD. I think injuries is really the only thing that can hold him back from being this elite level of quarterback. And for that reason, I think at the lowest, he'll be somewhere in that 7 to 10 range. Uh, after his last season, I simply don't see a version of Jalen Hurts that falls out of the top 10. He'd have to throw a lot more interceptions or fumble a lot more for that to happen. So for me, the lowest is there, and it's would likely be due to injuries. All right, um, Marcus Mariota, consistently a backup, I think. Um, at his high-end outcome, he could be a fringe starter. I think that Nick Sirianni and the way that the Eagles talent group is structured could incite some development in him if Jalen Hurts misses time. Um, at his low-end outcome, he looks like a fringe third stringer. So um, decently wide range of outcomes for a backup, I would say, for Marcus Mariota in this season. Yeah, I have a little bit of a shorter range of outcomes because I don't see at the low end him becoming a third stringer. I think when he was just a starter last year, it would be a real fall from grace if he felt that far. Uh, his median level outcome for me, I also have him as a pretty strong or high level backup, probably in like that top five to seven backups in this league. Uh, he was definitely not starting level last year, but obviously the fit in that Eagles offense is incredible. Uh, and maybe if uh, Hertz does miss more time, like you said, I could see him being like a top level backup or fringe level starter. Like you said, I see his high level outcome being around there as well. Uh, I think he'd be similar to someone like a Gardner Minshew last year who kind of just kept the Eagles afloat uh, when Jalen Hurts was out, not really pushing their ceiling any more than it would be already. But that team is so talented, it's almost like destined not to fail no matter who you throw in there. And I think Marcus Mariota can also be that guy. And the low level, I just see him being like a mid-level backup. Uh, I could see him 
I don't really see him falling into that third string range. All right. That'll do it for us for this episode. Make sure to like, leave a rating, do what you need to do on whatever platform you're listening on. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at PD34 underscore and at Real Potty 2 That'll be all from me. That'll be all from Potty. We will see you guys in the next one. Yeah,